Hello, and welcome to the Health Advocate Podcast, Episode 6. My name is Lisa Roby, and I'm the Engagement and Business Director at the Australian Healthcare and Hospitals Association. Today, I'm speaking with Nigel Edwards, Chief Executive of the Nuffield Trust. Nigel, welcome. Good morning. For those of our listeners not familiar with the Nuffield Trust, can you tell me a little bit about your organisation? Uh, we're a think tank. We have a, an endowment as a result of a, a large bequest, and we do health services research and policy, largely in the UK, but also uh, looking at uh, what's happening internationally to see what we can learn from that. Uh, personally, I'm involved in hospital reform in a number of uh, Eastern European and Central Asian countries over the last few years. So in just a few weeks, you'll be joining us here in Australia to give a keynote speech at the World Hospital Congress on the topic of repositioning the hospital. What are some of the drivers you're seeing causing hospitals to rethink their services and strategies? Well, for, for many years, uh, and probably for decades, people have been predicting the end of the hospital. In fact, looking back 30 years, uh, they should all be gone by now. But it's certainly the case that they're under severe pressure around the world. Uh, first of all, from rising rising costs and a reduced willingness of payers and ministries of finance uh, to pay for them, not least because ministries of finance are convinced that hospitals are inefficient. Uh, the growth of specialisation means that it's increasingly hard for hospitals to maintain the full range of services, uh, but it also means that because the patients are becoming co- more comorbid, that the, the way we've organised the internal workings of the hospital doesn't really fit the uh, the long-term needs of the patients. And in, in most countries, there are very severe workforce for, uh, shortages. So even if you uh, even if you've got the, uh, the the critical mass of work to sustain a mix of different specialties, the ability to recruit, and particularly in rural and remote areas where we're seeing places with very big difficulties. I mean that the hospitals really are facing some very significant challenges over the next few years. So given the breadth of those challenges and the different ways they affect hospitals, um, do you think there's a particular set of leadership and change management skills that hospital administrators need to have? And and are those skills that they currently do have or that they need to be strategically thinking about acquiring? There will be some new skills. It's, it's going to depend a bit on what the right strategic response uh, to the issues that you face are going to be. Uh, I think everyone's going to have to have the skills to improve efficiency, processes, uh, patient flow through the hospital, uh, improving the uh, improving discharge assessment processes. And, and that's just the uh, basic uh, price to be at the table um, and uh, but those skills actually in many hospitals around the world are still in pretty short supply and it's it's not uncommon uh, to find hospital directors who are either politically appointed um, or who've been uh, promoted quite rapidly particularly from from the ranks of medicine who don't necessarily uh, have very much managerial training and I think that that's uh, that's a dead end uh, now uh, it may well be appropriate to take people from the clinical body but everyone's going to have to have training in modern management methods so that's just, but that's just to stay at the table. Some people will go down the mergers route. There's been a huge uh, swathe of mergers in the in the US, particularly. Um, they do tend to fail, um, perhaps because mergers mergers are difficult to do. They require a certain set of managerial skills. What's more common is the creation of various types of network models. Uh, but again, the skills to run a network are quite different from those that you need to run a hospital. So the, you, know, the, the, you need the, the skills to run an operating unit, um, uh, which are you know, the type of operational skills I was referring to earlier. But being able to run a series of hospitals across a large geography, uh, again, requires some, some people with some new skills. And again, we've seen the emer- a large emergence of networks in, in quite large parts of Asia, India, Singapore, 
in the US, of course, um, in Germany and France, uh, to a lesser extent here in the in the UK. Um, I think we'll see more of those uh, those emerging, and those will require new skills. And then the third uh, sort of big strategic choice is to, to take your hospital, particularly sort of smaller and medium-sized hospitals, and become much more integrated with the uh, uh, the local primary care uh, system and much more engaged in your community. And that, again, requires whole new sets of skill, lead, both leadership skills and technical skills. Given the context that hospitals are going to join up into networks or they're partnering beyond the hospital into the broader healthcare system. Have you seen some examples of where hospitals are working effectively with the wider health system and even the world beyond healthcare? It turns out to be quite difficult to do. So uh, uh, probably a, a good example from the US is the Montefiore Health System, which uh, started as a hospital system, um, but has acquired a, a range of other competencies in, in home care and in primary care. Um, they've learned some of the lessons of, of uh, acquiring primary care that uh, other US providers have been through, which is it's the, the culture, uh, the way that primary care works, the records they use, the nature of the, the, the business, is so different from a hospital that the adjustment that you need to make when you start growing primary care capabilities is very, very significant. We have a few examples here in the UK of hospitals which have gone into joint ventures rather than taking over. And I think that's quite important. Um, uh, Family doctors tend to be quite independently minded. Um, They're quite suspicious of hospitals. um, uh, You need to find ways that bring them in that make them feel partners rather than uh, simply, uh, you know, subordinate junior juniors in in a much bigger institution. So Montefiore taken the idea of the hospital as a population health system to heart and uh, have taken on a whole range of activities around uh, prevention, the proactive management of patients. And the the key uh, feature of all of these systems is the development of multidisciplinary uh, care. Um, And particularly for those systems where, like ours here in the UK, you have a GP as the gatekeeper, uh, really rethinking the the nature of the referral process so that it becomes much more fluid relationship between the specialists and the primary care doctors in terms of being able to provide advice on the spot, uh, uh, teaching and support, um, the supervision and, and, and case management of the more complex patients so that the GPs get the benefit of, of having the specialists being part of a multidisciplinary team that includes some of the chronic disease special, specialists as well. So when we talk about the multidisciplinary team, we're often talking about the specialists, the doctors, the administrators, but one of the overarching themes running through the 2018 World Hospital Congress is recognising the voice of the patient and the role consumers can have in identifying and implementing change. What's the role you see for consumers in tackling some of these challenges faced by hospitals? Well, particularly with the growth of multimorbidity um, and, and the sorts of conditions which are driving a large amount of demand uh, that, that we see, uh, we can't really rely on the professional medical system to deal with all the problems that those patients have. Um, also, uh, when, when you start having multimorbidity, uh, the idea of there being a sort of single pathway or single guideline that you can follow sort of goes out the window. If you've got four or five conditions, uh, it, it, it might take you two hours a day to follow all the guidelines. If you, uh, so 
you need to have find ways of identifying the goals of the patient and then working with the uh, with the patient to help them achieve those goals and that requires again first of all different sets of skills but also really requires us to have a different conversation with the patient but also perhaps to use different providers uh, particularly in uh, the voluntary sector uh, patient groups groups in the community to help uh, help support those people so hospitals and clinicians in hospitals need to have uh, increased competencies in their ability uh, to do that it also uh, means a change in the consultation style. Because if you are going to move to a goal-based approach with much more shared decision-making, uh, the consultation times required for that are longer. Uh, the uh, skills of the clinicians are quite different. You may need a different mix of clinicians. Nurses tend to be better at that type of engagement and shared decision-making than uh, than physicians and particularly surgeons. Uh, so there's a, there's a, there's some quite significant organisational implications if you're going to make the rhetoric of patient-centred care uh, reality. It's not just some organisational add-ons, it's some quite fundamental rethinking of both the consultation style, the clinical processes and the staff mix required to deliver that. So a final question for you, Nigel. What are you personally looking forward to about attending the World Hospital Congress? Well, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to listening to and learning from uh, people from around the world who are dealing with many of the same sorts of problems that we see here in, in, in Western Europe, but uh, because of their history, culture and approach, have had the opportunity to perhaps develop some new and imaginative solutions that we've not yet thought of. Thank you, Nigel. To hear more from Nigel and a broader discussion on healthcare integration, make sure you register for the World Hospital Congress, where Nigel will be speaking on day two, the 11th of October 2018.